On this episode of Life Beyond the Chariot, myself and Dr. Luke Arandondo are talking about the Holy Week of Darkness. It's really a great experience for the family as we enter into Holy Week to really celebrate the joy of Easter. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as His disciples. Welcome back to our Life Beyond the Chariot. Uh, During today's episode, we are going to be talking about a brilliant idea that sort of originated from our guest and his family, Dr. Luke Arandondo. And we are going to talk about the Holy Week of Darkness and really get into specifics of what this looks like, how this idea came into inception. And I think it's one of the most fantastic things. I did this with my family last year and it was amazing how receptive my kids were to it. So, Dr. Luke, thank you for joining us today. Sure, of course. And if you could lead us in prayer before we get started, that would be wonderful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we want to walk with you through these last few days of Lent. We thank you for the sufferings you've thrown our way over the the first few weeks. And ask you to help us really focus in on your passion to unite ourselves to your suffering over the, li- the next couple of weeks as we finally close in on Easter, and especially throughout this conversation. Guide us in how we can make the most of Holy Week, this, this most holy of weeks in the year, um, that we can more gi- give ourselves more to you, entrust uh, ourselves more to your will, um, and they're by that way better receive the graces that you have um, waiting for us on the other side of Easter. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. I don't know about you and your family, but I know for me, I've not done this super great job at Lent. Just right. seeing we started off with snow apocalypse. <laughs> the second Snowvid, snow Snowmageddon. <laughs> I love it. Um, But we started Lent off with sort of that. And then um, it was hard for me to get back on my feet. And I don't know if any of our parents are feeling the same way just to get back on with Lent. And if you're like me and you're feeling like I haven't done this very well, or if you think that you've been doing a really great job during Lent, what we're going to talk about today is really going to help, I think, families as a whole finish strong. This is something that is very practical um, experiential for our yeah. children and for ourselves. So I just ask that as we talk about this, if you want to take some notes, because we're going to lay down some very practical advice on how to make Holy Week come alive in your homes. Uh, and so we are going to talk about the Holy Week of Darkness. So first time I heard about this was last year. Yep. Um, and I know that your families came up with this. So can you tell us what is Holy Week of Darkness yeah. in how did it come to be in your home? Yeah. Well, Holy Week of Darkness really was my wife's idea. She, um, probably like many families, she has all the good ideas, um, <laughs> and I just go along for the ride. Um, this is actually our 10th year um, for our family doing the Holy Week of Darkness. And basically what it is, is we, like the biggest thing that, that, that kind of shapes the whole week is we don't turn on our lights. Um, we turn them all off uh, on Palm Sunday. And we live by candlelight 
in the evenings and just natural sunlight during the day until uh, Easter Sunday or usually some point Saturday. Uh, when the kids were younger, sometimes we, we couldn't make it past like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And I think now we might be able to make it till sundown on uh, <laughs> on Easter Saturday. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's the big thing is like we don't use lights. Uh, there, there are other things and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other additional things that go into the week. And the, the motivation for this was um, kind of what you were saying, Mickey, that like we were approaching the end of Lent, you know, my, my wife and I, we had Faustina, our, our oldest daughter was an infant. She was, she had not turned one yet. So this was 2012. And, uh, my wife said, we should do something like just really crazy for the last week for Holy week. We should do something really crazy. Um, like, like, I don't know, something like, what if we just turned off all the lights and we didn't turn them back on until, you know, Easter. And at the time, I was really closely studying the Easter Vigil Mass because I was going to be involved with that as a DRE. And so I had to help people who were going to be initiated that night. And I really needed to know the nuts and bolts of what's going on. If you don't, if you're not really familiar with the Easter Vigil Liturgy, like if you've never been uh, or if you just show up every year, uh, but you don't, you, you know, you haven't studied it, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but one of the big things that happens in the Easter Vigil Liturgy is you start outside. It's dark. It has to be dark. Um, and there's a candle, you know, there's a fire that they light a candle with. The candle processes into the church. The church is supposed to be in darkness unless you've got a new church that, like, you know, you're not allowed to turn the lights off all the way because <laughs> it's built up to code. But if you're in these old buildings where you can really turn the lights right. off, it's like you can't see anything. can't see, you know, in front of your face. So there's all this darkness in that liturgy. And then eventually from that baptismal candle, the Paschal candle, everyone who's been baptized will receive a candle that has been lit in some way from that paschal candle and the church fills up with the light of the baptized and then eventually they'll actually turn on like the fluorescent bulbs or the leds or whatever (laughs) and it ruins it um no but so the idea elena said let's be in darkness and only have candles as a penance and then we'll turn the lights on at easter and i was like that would make the vigil so powerful yeah. to finally see light for the first time at Easter, like in the liturgy when Christ is the light of the world. And it's that, I was like, that's such a great idea. We should totally do that. And because our kids, like, you know, Faustina didn't get a vote because she was too little <laughs> to, to speak, um, she went along with it. And so she's grown up with it. Right. Um, and, and all the other kids have too. So that's 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 where it started. Wonderful. Well, and I also want to talk to parents who haven't started this practice off with infants. Is I have a ten year old or two ten year olds and a five year old. That's right. And so last you all did year, it last year, right? We did, and they were actually very excited. At first, I was like, "This is not going to go over well." I'm like, "Holy week, I should be holier." But am I going to get frustrated because they're whining and complaining? Like, how much patience, Lord? And they loved it. I mean, it yeah. was amazing how much they drew into the experience of it. Right. And, you know, last year with COVID, no yeah. one was able to go to the Triduum. Um, the Triduum. And that was tough. Oh, it was so hard. But I tell you what, we watched the whole event because I asked the kids, like, do you guys want to watch the vigil? It's going to be late. So we watched it online. Yeah. And so even just over the TV, when they saw the lights come on, they just... <laughs> the way they lit up, I mean, it was um, 
it was fascinating. And I'm a firm believer that this is this can be such a powerful practice yeah. for families. Um, as we enter into the last week of Lent, and I just get really excited about it. And I'm yeah. Oh, it's it's tell it's your our wife favorite. Elena, thank you. It's our favorite is. week of the year. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's the liturgical part of it, mm-hmm. right? And and like the act of penance that like, well, you're gonna have to get your dinner made a little bit earlier, right? Uh, and you're probably gonna probably gonna wind up going to bed earlier because it's dark and like, <laughs> how long are you gonna hang out by the candlelight? You know, get the kids yeah. to sleep and whatever. Uh, but the another thing that that happens for us is like we spend a lot more time together as a family. Um, so it might be good to, to just kind of go over like the daily. Sort of like the rule, yeah, uh, of, the rule for life. Um, so what what we try and do, and this is just again, this is a, a, something that we've done at our house, and we've over over the years as we've gone further into doing this, we've shared this with other families. So there's a bunch of people in Tallahassee that have that have heard about this for like three or four years now, and we know a lot of them have done it. Last year, because of COVID, this was something that the institute kind of adopted as like, well, hey, you can't go anywhere, nobody can go to church. <laughs> right. Ch- churches were closed everywhere. Um, here's something to get yeah. you through Holy. Maybe it will help. And we had 500 or 600 families join us last year online. And it was really cool seeing pictures of people that they yeah. were sharing them. And that Facebook group is, is open and we'll, we'll give you the link for it certainly in the show notes. Anyways, so the lights are off. Palm Sunday at sundown, you turn the lights off. What are some other things that, that we've found to be helpful for us, we like to keep the TV off, try and stay off of our cell phones as much as possible. Um, basically avoid entertainment mm-hmm. in those kind of raw and like easy forms that just sort of suck you in and like take nothing of you to participate. You know, um, you can be entertained in other ways. Uh, we often play board games mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just sit around and read um the kids each have usually have a book that they're really trying to finish during holy week of darkness uh so so no television you want to limit screen time as much as you can try to listen just to sacred music um if you can do that and and then a big big part for us is to to begin praying the divine mercy chaplet every day during that week now for at my house that's our yearly thing is during Lent, we try and pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet every every evening as a family. Um, I do have a daughter named Faustina, um, <laughs> so it's a pretty big deal for us. But in Holy Week, if you can ramp this practice up at the beginning of the week, then by the time you get to Good Friday, you can start the Divine Mercy Novena. You've already kind of got it rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, and we're supposed to be meditating on the Passion all week. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do anyway. You go to Palm Sunday Mass, and you read the Passion, and then, you know, you finally see it again on, on Good Friday. So the daily prayer of the Divine Mercy Chaplet, lights off, use candlelight. Um, and, you know, we want to make sure that we're trying to avoid just mindless entertainment. Going to bed earlier, spending more time as a family, I say that's a rule, but it sort of happens naturally if you don't have the lights on and if (laughs) you're not wasting time watching Netflix in the evening, um, you know, you're going to spend more time. So one thing that my wife and I do every year just probably only happens one day. We'd like it to happen more, but we have five kids and there's the no lights and it's a lot. We play 
board games by candlelight <laughs> and we take a really cool like instagram worthy picture of you know my wife completely killing me in othello um <laughs> or trivial pursuit trivial pursuit's a hard one because you have to read the cards every time and that's a little hard to do by candlelight so you know if you're playing chess or we, we like to play othello uh, i don't know why for some reason uh that's one of the we think we got it for a dollar at a thrift store which is where we get most of our stuff and uh we we, we bring it out every holy week so you know eating eating together by candlelight or picnics outside mm -hmm. that's also something that we often do our house in tallahassee the kitchen had one window it was really tiny and it was positioned poorly you got no light out of it so we ate all our meals outside during holy week and our neighbors were like you guys are having a picnic like every day we're like yeah it's it's holy week and uh we don't uh, turn our lights on. So it was kind of an interesting, like, evangelical conversation yeah. about what we're doing this week, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those those are, the, those are the things. Again, you know, no lights. Uh, pray the Divine Mercy Chapel each day. Limit your technology use. Try to listen to only sacred music if you can. And, you know, spend time to together as a family uh, and try to just live a simple life. Um, and it's really been – it, it's my favorite week of the year um, every year. Yeah. yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward to it this year, just seeing how receptive my children were to it last year. So, um, again, I want to ease any parents who are feeling a little nervous, like, oh, man. Sure. Um, but it was. And just by nature of doing these things, your life does become more simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it is penitential because there's things that you have to do differently or cook right. dinner earlier or washing dishes over candlelight is actually not that easy. <laughs> and so there, just by turning the lights off, it the simplicity comes with it mm -hmm. and the penance comes with it. And the whole family is experiencing this together, which I think is one of the most beautiful things about this yeah. whole experience. Uh, so make sure you stock up on candles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You need a and, lot of candles. And battery, you can get the battery-operated yeah. ones that look like candles, especially in kids' rooms, you <laughs> yes. know. You can use a nightlight, you know. It's, I mean, you don't have to put your kids into, like, a dungeon for the week, you know. <laughs> if their room is dark and they need a nightlight, get, give them a nightlight. Right. But, you know, just it's the spirit of the thing that, yeah. that, is, that it is really helpful. If you put a candle by a mirror, that makes a lot more light, yeah. you know, in the bathroom, for instance, for kids, um, that, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But the, the other thing is, too, it, it, it brings us closer to you know, what everybody would have experienced for hundreds of years of just like when it's dark, time to wind, wind down. Yeah. And we're so like, we live in a world where it's so easy to just keep going, keep working or keep wasting time. Right. Um, just the power of like nature telling you that it's time to start winding down. Just that yeah. is a huge change. Yes. Um, and it's fitting that, you know, this is how we should prepare for Easter. I th I've obviously I'm a big fan, but I may be slightly <laughs> biased. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan, and I didn't even come up with it. I'm kind of upset that I didn't come up with this idea because it's brilliant in my mind. Uh, but it is so. Hopefully, we have built the excitement for people yeah. to be like, I think I might want to do this Holy Week of Darkness 2021. Uh, we will definitely have some things in the show notes for you guys um, if you forget anything that we've talked about. But I'm sure some people are like, okay, so fine. We turn off our lights. We try to play the chaplet. But how do we like get this thing started? So what I thought we could do is briefly go through um, each of the days sure. and kind of highlight some key things yeah. that you have found. You, you definitely want to, if you focus your attention on anything, focus on this right. um, to really 
have that experience with your family. Yeah. Well, basically, there's like four big days in the Holy Week of Darkness. The first one is Palm Sunday because that's the beginning of it. Uh, and then, you know, for Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and, and, and Easter Vigil or, or Holy Saturday, um, there's kind of different things that we've done to kind of put special emphasis on mm-hmm. those days. So for Palm Sunday, you know, uh, the, the big thing for us is that we do, um, we go around the house right when it's just about to be dark, you know, not quite. And uh, I'll have a candle lit. Sometimes we might let one of the kids hold one, you know, no strict rules about it. But we process throughout the house um, chanting the creed or singing the creed. So we, we sing the creed and go around the house turning off the lights in a sort of ceremonial, liturgical sort of fashion. Um, important, important. You have to let your kids take turns turning off the lights. <laughs> And you may want to slow them down so that they don't just wildly go running in every direction, turn them all off at once. Really make a procession out of it and give, like, assign a kid a to, to each <laughs> switch or something so that there's not a fight about it. Because the only thing kids can do that, that, that never fails is they can find something dumber than you ever imagined to fight about. <laughs> That's um, true. And that can kind of spoil this kickoff. So I, and yeah, ask me how I know that. It's from experience. So. <laughs> Uh, we do a ceremonial chanting of the creed as we turn off the lights. Uh, and then, you know, we'll immediately at that point pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, something that my family does is we reach out to our friends and, and, and relatives and just people in our in our network um, and ask them for intercessions and, and, and prayer uh, requests. Um, so, I mean, you can do that if you want to. If you, if you don't want to, obviously, you know, don't do it. Um and we, my wife and I will pray by name for each of these people in the evening after the kids have gone to bed, but we, we read off the ones that are sort of child-appropriate mm-hmm. as we're praying as a family so that they know that we're not just praying and doing this for us, we're praying for other people. Um, you know, we might not be good at praying the entire year, but, but we really try and get some prayers out during that Holy Week. Um, so during once you chanted the creed and turned the lights off, Go ahead and jump straight into your first family prayer. If it's been the first time in a while, good. Yeah. If you've been praying all Lent, that's also right. good. Yeah. But but do it right then so that you you know your children understand that like, what's the reason for us doing this? It's because we're trying to enter into prayer this week. Um, so that's Palm Sunday. Now Holy Thursday. Uh, what what we've done each year is try and have some sort of a special meal. Um, some of this like, you know, comes from my background in the seminary. We would have a big banquet on Holy Thursday and then like nothing to eat for a couple of days, <laughs> more or less. Um, but we try and like, sometimes we make bread. We actually bake some bread. Uh, a lot of times we just go to a grocery store and buy some nicely baked bread that somebody else made. <laughs> um, do, you know, a washing of the feet. Mm-hmm. So I will uh, read the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Then I'll go around and wash all of my children's feet, wash my wife's feet, and then the children usually wash our feet also. So we we all wash each other's feet, mm-hmm. um, and it is cute and messy. Um, and probably sometimes disgusting, especially for the children <laughs> who have to wash my feet that are actually disgusting. Theirs are cute, dirty, you know, like kids yeah. have cute, dirty feet and it's like funny. Uh, I don't know that mine are cute, dirty, but, um, so we do the washing of the feet. We eat, um, usually try and have some very nice bread 
and we get sparkling grape juice for the kids let, let them have like sometimes we get the little very fancy stupid looking um plastic like champagne glasses or whatever you know <laughs> they they think it's like the coolest thing yeah. in the world um and we're not wine drinkers but we will like get some wine just for that <laughs> just for, just that, for that, that night you know uh and and often we will also read the institution narrative of mm -hmm. the last supper um while we're doing that so we'll have like whatever the meal is mm -hmm. and then after that separately we'll do here's the breaking of the bread so i'll actually read the passage break the bread and you know pass it around to my children and do the same thing with their sparkling cider or, yeah. or whatever it is um so that's that's a good way to prepare the children if you're gonna go to the holy thursday liturgy like you don't even have to teach them or explain any of the mystagogy of what's going on here. Yeah. Like if you do that at home and then you go to the Holy Thursday liturgy, they're going to be really excited. They're like, wait a minute. We just did that. We did. So it's just yeah. like we did at our house. And like, yeah. what a coincidence. Yes, it is. Like, yeah. like we did at our house. You know, that's, that's why we did it. Um, and it then makes that connection for them, which is really yeah. important. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the thing that we do on, on Holy Thursday. Um, for Good Friday, uh, you know, we, we really try and make the most out of uh, attending the, the, the Good Friday liturgy. Um, if you can't, you know, you can do Stations of the Cross at your house. Uh, last year, boy, it was such a weird, weird year yeah. to not be able to go to any of these liturgies. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for me, just, you know, uh, you can... Pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You can, you know, do Stations of the Cross. Also, the Liturgy of the Hours is really, really profound for the Triduum. Any office that you pick, Office of Readings, if you're going to pick one, I think probably that's the best one. Um, and, you know, do these these sorts of things. But this is a day of fasting. Uh, so it is, it is you know, we try and be, especially at the 3 p.m. hour, if we're not going to the Liturgy, keep the house quiet. You know, mm -hmm. do, do your best. And I know with kids. Who knows how that's going to go? Uh, but, you know, to, to remind children that that's what we're doing. It's something I like to do every year personally is watch uh, Fulton Sheen's last. Have I talked about Fulton Sheen on here before? Um, yes, Are you have. <laughs> Not today. I'm disappointed that it took you so long to mention Fulton Sheen today. Uh, but it's going to be the go. Fulton Sheen show at some point. Um, yeah. So here, if you were waiting, here it is. Uh, so I, I watch Fulton Sheen's last uh, good Friday sermon that he that he delivered in his life. He preached uh, a Good Friday sermon every year for fifty years or something, and and I have a DVD of his last one, mm. and I, I watch that. Um, if I can, if I'm really killing it on Good Friday, I get some point of the day to go watch that by myself. Um, but that's like a real bonus for me. Right. So. Right. And then, you know, for Holy Saturday, um, again, you want to keep this going as long as you can. If your kids have had enough of the darkness and, you know, by noon they're going crazy, like you're not sinning if you turn the lights back on. Right. Um, you know, that to me, as the kids began to be able to voice that they were getting tired of it, you know, for mm -hmm. a few years, like they were so little, like, you know, I don't know if they cared or not. Right. Um, and we turned the lights on when it was actually, you know, time to do that. Then when they were two and three and, you know, four, I was like, well, I think the kids have had just about right. enough. Let's go ahead and, you know, turn the lights back on and maybe let them say this word they've been waiting to say, <laughs> um, you know. So sometimes it's anticipatory uh, <laughs> of the vigil. But for us, the biggest thing is when we can do it, go to the vigil itself. That Easter vigil, 
and there's something powerful about the Triduum attending all three of those liturgies. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, what's your experience been with that, with, with going to the Triduum? So for me, it has absolutely allowed me to um, enter into the passion more deeply and experience Easter more profoundly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have found that if there's been a year where I couldn't do that, it was a bit more challenging for me. I would love to go to the Holy Land um, mm. and be able to to experience those places Jesus were Jesus was. And um, that's not possible, at least not yet. But having that sort of brought to us in our liturgy, so through Stations of the Cross, we can't go walk where Jesus walked, but we can live out that experience through the stations. Um, Having that three o'clock hour and that silence and um, really, I mean, in that time, like entering into the darkness of that, Mm -hmm. um, it just, for me, it it gets me like, there was a time when like Jesus's presence left the earth, like he had died. Yeah. And... Um, and just to be able to experience that is really powerful. And I know when I go through all of them. Right. Um, I mean, I just can't have, I don't have any other word, but just profound. It yeah. touches my soul in a, and on, on a deeper level. I don't feel like I've really gotten to experience Easter if I don't get to make it through the, to the Triduum, mm-hmm. to, to all three of them. So there are many years where... When I was younger, and I need, this, this is so really, really dumb. I was younger and had fewer responsibilities, no children, and was like, I'd like to go to Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil, but I always missed Good Friday. I, I could get, a, get started on the right foot, <laughs> Holy Thursday, and just a few hours later, find some stupid reason not to make it to Good Friday, and then I would go to the Vigil. Mm-hmm. Two out of three. Not the same. <laughs> It's still not passing. It's, Two thirds is still not passing. <laughs> that's right. It's it's not the same. Yeah. And in a certain way, it's like it's like the crowds on Palm Sunday, like welcoming him in, and then right away are like, never mind, like you know, crucify him. I mean, that, like I was kind of living that out in miniature. Yeah. To like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the Triduum, and like the next day, I mean, it's yeah. only three days. Right. I couldn't make it two days <laughs> in a row, staying on track. So as I finally decided, I'm going to do this. And of course, last year I couldn't. Going to all three of those to me is like a retreat every year. Yeah. Um, there's just something so profound and so powerful about about all three of those liturgies and the way they build up on each other. Um, and that fine. I mean, you go to Easter, the Easter Vigil Mass. If you've been to Holy Thursday and Good Friday, it really hits you. Mm-hmm in a in a, a much more profound way and it, not in like some sort of um uh sensationalistic way or that like you know i did the right thing but because you've received right what the church and what the lord wants to give us yeah and i think that i think there's just really something irreplaceable about that which is why it was so tough last year i don't yeah. know about you but easter was so weird for me last year. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, last year during like Holy Thursday and Good Friday and Holy Saturday, um, experiencing not being able to go, not even go into a church. Like, yeah. not that we just couldn't, we couldn't even I go know. into a church. Um, I think in that way, it um, really, uh, I sensed that ache in my heart of wanting so much to be so close to Jesus and in his presence, and we just couldn't. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, that helped me identify with the 
with the darkness that the first apostles experienced, like those mm. followers of Jesus, you know, like yeah. he is road to Emmaus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he is not here. Um, he has died. And then, um, so I think for that part now, not being able to go to Easter, that was really, really yeah. hard. But I will tell you what we did do because I know that some people are still in places where the churches aren't open. That's true. Um, what we did is we found online, um, the church services that we were going to st- live stream. And of course, it was dark. And sure. so we were already participating in this holy week of darkness. Um, but we tried to ceremonialize all of that. So we would set up chairs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the TV because sure. it's the only place that we could have some experience of the liturgies. We had um, candles on the side, kind of like you would have sure. at a church. So an altar. We had a little bowl with holy water. Yeah. So when they entered into the living room, you know, they would. <laughs> so I, I tried to that's, sort no, of that's create. Really smart. Yeah, yeah. To create that this is what's happening here, even though it's on the TV, is still, it's sacred. So let's listen. Yeah. Um, and of course, they were getting, you know, a little bit rambunctious. But at the same time, they, um, they're they watching this. They're experiencing the darkness and they're experiencing like some continuity between what they would right. see in a church and then in our home. Um, and so I honestly didn't know how they were going to receive the Easter vigil because we have never taken our kids to the Easter vigil. Oh, okay. We're like, it's so late. They're going to be so tired. Yeah. They were, they were. Um, I mean, their little eyes, they were so tired and <laughs> had a hard time. And they're like, mom, when are they going to turn the lights on? So I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, like turning the lights on yeah. uh, was something that they're like, they were fighting sleep. And they, I said, you guys, y'all can really go to bed. They wouldn't. I mean, it was yeah. 1130 <laughs> and, yeah. you know. But when the lights came on, their their little eyes. I mean, I that's why I'm just so excited about this because I saw it in my kids. Yeah. Um, they had been anticipating this for a week now. Right. And even in their exhaustion, um, and sort of the weird thing that yeah. Holy Week was last year, that moment, right, it did something to them. Yeah. It's it's incredible, really. The last time we were able to go, obviously, to the Triduum was in 2019. And um, we had, so I had four children at the time and the the youngest was not quite a year old. And it started at, I think it started at 9 p.m. at the Co-Cathedral in Tallahassee. And they do it all, they do all nine biblical readings there, <laughs> plus the Psalms in between. So there's 18 readings when you kind of think of it that way, or 17, I guess, because there's no yeah. Psalm after the, uh, after the gospel. Um, it was very long. You know, they had... 15 people to baptize and i mean it was wow. a big thing yeah so it finishes at like 1 30 1 o'clock in the morning and they were like energized and like ready to celebrate and i was like oh man okay <laughs> well this is i guess good like you didn't have a meltdown during right. it it's like so we have to get we had to get a snack on the way home to to celebrate and like yeah. oh easter's worth celebrating so yeah okay absolutely. you know we'll, we'll do that but um, yeah, it's just been a really just a, a neat thing to to do for these many years, and to now we're starting to you know invite people mm-hmm. along with us. And uh, I just last year on the Facebook group, seeing photos of how other families were doing yeah. some of these ideas, like they were doing it differently, mm-hmm. right? But that was so beautiful about it. They took yeah. the basic idea and they uh, incarnated it into their family in a in a way that was 
unique to them. So it's, it's yeah. just been really uh, a blessing. Well, we are so thankful. And I know personally, I'm so thankful for you sharing this idea because I know that it was transformative for our family last year. And I'm convinced that if any families try it this year, that yeah. there is going to be something that um, is going to be revealed to your family. Um, I think the kids do really get excited about this. And I, I do want to say also real quick before we, because I know we're running out of time. Um, if the whole week sounds like that's too much, you can do two days. You can do three days, mm-hmm. right? You maybe try it for just the triduum. Right. If, if you're just like, oh, I don't know if we can do all of that. Yeah. Whatever pieces you can do. Like this, I don't want this to come off to, you know, like I want this to sound like a an invitation to try something that, that will hopefully benefit you rather than like, here's a super harsh thing that you should rigidly follow. <laughs> and if it's frustrating to you, good. You know, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm going for. Um, that's not, and that's not what we, we want this to yeah. be about either, you know, me personally and my family or the Institute want to offer you just a good path for Holy right. Week that, that we've so far found to really be beneficial yeah. um, in a lot of ways. But there's flexibility, so. Absolutely. And we'll have um, like a PDF to sort of the rules um, of life, uh, the role of life for the Holy Week of Darkness um, in the show notes, um, highlighting some of the key events, items that you need. So it doesn't take a whole lot of planning, but just a little bit. And um, where else, so if they want to, where else can they find information about? Yeah, so if you go to the St. Philip Institute uh, Facebook page, uh, we'll be sharing the Holy Week of Darkness group, the Facebook group there, so you can connect with our other families that did this last year. Um, and I'll be sending a bunch of announcements through there, and we can put a link to that in the show notes. Um, and then on the St. Philip Institute uh, website, stphilipinstitute.org slash Holy Week, um, we'll have resources there. So Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing this really incredible experience with Uh, our listeners. And we really would love to hear from you. If you give this a try or if you did it last year, we would really like testimony about how this has affected um, your family or different things that maybe you tried uh, that highlight these major themes of Holy Week. Sure. So um, before we end, would you like to close us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Philip the Evangelist, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.